Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. And as I say every week, this is a very special episode. But this one is especially, especially special because this one is about Black Fay Day. And we have two practitioners and community organizers within the Black Fay community with us today. And if you are a Patreon supporter, and why are you not? It's only like $2 a month and I don't even have any tears. And y'all know I'm worth way more than $2. If you are a Patreon supporter, you get to see these gorgeous, gorgeous people with these gorgeous, gorgeous looks. Oh my gosh, it is fantastic. So welcome, welcome, Kia Sangria and Jasmine LaFleur. I am so delighted to welcome you all to the Stitch Please podcast today. Thank you. For Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for having us. Yes, so, I'm so excited. This is delightful. I am quite delightful. Jasmine, I want, I want to ask both of you, but I'll start with Jasmine. Jasmine, how did you get started in cosplay and costuming? Like, how did you get started? Okay, well, I don't really consider myself a cosplayer just because I don't have all the skills <laughs> like it takes to put out a look every week. But I do, I've always followed the Black cosplay community. I've always been a supporter of all the uh, cosplayers out there. And I tend to do little things like cosmic cosplays. I think that's what they're called. It's when you kind of just throw together the regular items that you have in the house and you put it together and you dress up as a character that you like. I kind of started doing little fun things like that. I went to a convention. I think it was back in, ooh, let me see. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is 20? 15 I think it was uh, with some friends and they said just come to the anime convention with me and I was at uh, St. Louis and so I put together a little like Totoro dress and had my hair silver with like little pink ends at the end and so that kind of started my costuming love and I got to meet uh, a cosplayer named Princess Mentality at the time cosplay and she created the hashtag 28 Days of Black Cosplay at the oh, time. So yeah. she was a huge influence to me and even Black Fade. So I've been in love with the community for a while. Absolutely love that. I love how the roots of the community started from something small, but then your attachment grew. You went to conventions and then you see someone and then she starts doing something and it becomes big. And now it's inspired you to do something, which is, I think, incredibly big too. So this is really delightful. Kia, I'll turn to you. How did you start cosplay? Or do you, unlike Jeff, and do you consider yourself a cosplayer? I am a cosplayer through and through, Lisa. I started cosplaying back in 2011. So I've been here for like quite some time and like my love of cosplay started when I was younger, but it wasn't until I got older and I got my first sewing machine that I really felt like 
I could become like the girls, the magical girls that I would see on TV and dress up at like cute events and stuff. I mean, some of my earliest memories were throwing things together for like the Coney Island Mermaid Day Parade in New York City. So, you know, I got some cheap spandex and put together my little makeshift mermaid tail to like strut down the boardwalk and and I've been in love since. And, and cosplay really revolves around my entire life. I met my husband in cosplay. He proposed at New York Comic Con in cosplay. We were in Cosmo Magazine in cosplay. And when we finally got married, we got married in cosplay at this old school Italian venue going on six years in July. Congratulations. Um, so yeah, cosplay has like always been a part of like what I do. And just like having the skills to be able to be like instantly become anybody that I want with just a couple of stitches, which yeah. is an understatement, but literally just a couple of stitches allow me to become like anyone or like anything that I want. And so when Jasmine came out with like Black Fay Day, I was just absolutely elated to have someone create something so meaningful with so much love behind it for us that I had to go like all in for for black fay day last year and what i'm doing this year y'all y'all not ready for what i'm about to pop I out with. <laughs> I tell because yeah. I'm, I'm hardly ready for this interview so i mean <laughs> and, and 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 i'm only seeing from the shoulders up i can't imagine when you walk down the street in a whole outfit <laughs> yeah oh my goodness and so you both seem to have come at cosplay or come at this work from different directions and i guess i wonder how important are definitions to you, right? Like I was like, is it cosplay? What is cosplay? I, I've been reading about things like, uh, what's it like Regency core and all of these different Regency core, norm core. There was another one, another type of core, cottage, cottage core. I mean, just all these different types. What do these words mean? And do they mean anything to you? Like I'm trying to catch up and keep track of all the different aesthetics that come up every day but it's really exciting I feel like these labels are kind of important because they give you these little pocket communities that you can you know join and create with so it's really uh, easy to find people that are interested in the same things that you are so when I made Black Fay Day, it just so happened that fairy core and cottage core were really hot at the time. So it was easy for me to just use a little hashtag and find all these beautiful people that were participating in that. And it kind of fit the fantasy genre. So those little pockets of aesthetics and creativity really are a good vehicle to start creating and con connecting with others that like your same interests. So you see the, the vocabulary as a way to build community, not as a way to shut people out. Um, Absolutely. Do you, do you find that a similar thing? I know you have a more extensive cosplay background than Jasmine, considering you know how much cosplay has paid, has done for your life in general. You do a lot of it. And I know that I've, I've had another cosplayer on before. And, and as, in some of my readings, I hear about canon, about like, oh, your character needs to look this way. Has that type of um, policing ever shaped anything you've ever done or influenced the way that you have navigated your own creativity? 
So with that other cosplayer said is definitely true. There's definitely when it comes to cosplay, a little bit more frigidness when it comes to how people cosplay. The topic of like people's cosplays being canon, that has never, personally for me, that has never affected the way that I cosplay simply because there's not enough like Black characters around for me to cosplay. And so by default, I am not canon when it comes to any of the cosplays that I do. But my thing for me personally is who's going to check me? Nobody. So <laughs> nobody's going to run up on me and, and, and check me. And I mean, people can say what they want online. Yeah. Um, if people have said things about me online, personally, I haven't really seen it. And when it does happen, which is very rarely for me, I usually just delete the comment because what I'm not going to do is acknowledge you. Uh -huh. Like you don't even, do, you're not even worthy of my acknowledgement. So I don't even dignify certain comments with the response because I'm, it's above me now. Um, exactly. But I know that for a lot of cosplayers, like things like that can be a barrier of entry to the hobby because they may not have the same body shape as the character that they want to cosplay. They don't have the same skin tone as the character they want to cosplay. Those are not things that should ever stop you, stop anybody from cosplaying. And I really do preach that. Yes. And for me, like, again, it doesn't matter how you cosplay, but I spent too much time working on these costumes for you to think that you're going to come over here and make me feel bad about wearing them. What yes. you're not going to yes. do is that. <laughs> I don't recall asking your opinion so I'm really surprised that we're having a that you're standing in front of me giving it because right I, I I don't recall and you know what else is interesting at least for the anime figures none of those people are meant to be white people those are all no. Japanese people in the, right. lots of the different animes or like the Naruto and and, and even Avatar right like why do you think you can be out Aang are you Asian in any way? You are not, but you somehow get to come over and tell a black girl that she can't be Aang. But no, I mean, honestly, honestly. And so I really appreciate the way that you're able to engage this hobby in a way that has had such, has given you such joy. And I am a big believer and proponent of black joy, especially for black women, but for all black people in general. And I love seeing it. I absolutely love seeing it. Can you talk about, and I'll go to Kia and then I'll come back to Jasmine. What was the very first cosplay? And if you have so many, I'm trying to decide which ones to ask about. Do I ask about the one with your husband? Do I ask about the one when you were in Cosmo? Do I ask about your wedding cosplay? Like which one, I, but I think I want to ask about, since you've done all these other things, I think I want to go back to the beginning and ask about what your first one was. Like what was your first Ooh. cosplay that you can remember before you started doing it? Was it, was it for the mermaid parade at the at Coney Island? No, it wasn't. No. So my very first costume that I ever like made and like stitched together with my own hands was actually a card captor Sakura costume. And to make that costume, I actually took a little leotard from my dance class and I like makeshifted it and got like some pink bed sheets to try to attempt to make a nice little bow on the back. I wore that to New York Comic Con 2008. And listen, like the me back then, you couldn't tell her nothing. Like she was just all over the Javits Center. Like little Kia was in there, okay? No one could tell her anything. No, no, this is a bad sheet. This is not a bad sheet. This is a bow. This is a long right. it, was, it was a bow. It was a big pink bow. And even though it was like thrown together out of nothing, your girl felt like a million bucks. Okay. I was a million 
dollars and no one was going to tell me anything. <laughs> I love it. I just love yeah. it. And also that you could do it in community at the con, you know, like that's, that's what I think is so wonderful. Jasmine, what about you? Do you have like a first or early cosplay that was meaningful to you? Something that perhaps maybe through the fake costuming? Oh, I think one of the most meaningful experiences I had in costume uh, was actually historical costume, which can be just as uh, (laughs) difficult to navigate as cosplay as well, because, you know, you have a lot of people that want you to be historically accurate. There's a lot of people that say, no, you cannot wear the big, you know, Regency dresses and you know, the Rococo, you know, Marie Antoinette styles, because, you know, Black people during the 18th century had different occupations and uh, not even an occupation, you know, us out here in the transatlantic, you know, diaspora were slaves. And so they feel like that's the only role you can fit when you're talking Mm -hmm. about historical. We're not doing that. Guess what? We're not doing that. Huh? No, <laughs> no. So let me tell you, I came out and I was like, I need to find the most obnoxious color just to stand out in front of everybody and be like, I don't care. I'm here in my big ass dress and <laughs> I'm not going to tell me anything. Uh, but uh, I did a, a sack gown, an 18th century sack gown with a beautiful group of historical customers and they were so welcoming and inviting and helped me every step of the way. I couldn't sew, but um, I had a starter dress and I did little details. You know, I changed like the lace or I changed some of the trim. And so I did little parts to make it my own and it turned out beautiful. And so uh, our group, we had a historical costuming group in St. Louis at the time. We went out to uh, the theater to go hear the St. Louis Symphony play Mozart. And even the uh, musicians were looking up in our section and like would see us and they came up after the show. It was like, we're so happy that you came in period attire. It really helped us play and get into the moat. So it was like such a magical experience. And I had other Black people and people of color come up to me and say, I've never seen any of us dressed like this. Like, you look beautiful. And I felt so much pride being able to do that for them. So it was, like, really spectacular and probably kind of also was an influence towards what I'm doing today. It's really a beautiful, it's a beautiful story. It's an absolutely beautiful story of creativity and how the energy and the love that went into your creativity honored the creativity of the musicians who then wanted to honor your creativity by telling you about it and the way that you were (laughs) able to kind of spread this whole thing just by going to the symphony. That's really, really powerful. And I think- it's, isn't it so cool, Kia? It's so interesting, so cool. And so I guess what I wanted to ask about next was about the spirit of the dress. You know, we know that, you know, that attire and wardrobe can really help to shift a mood, that the way that one's dress, one's own sense of style announces their place or their philosophy or views in the world. You know, that you, when someone comes up with a look that they like, you, you'll know that, oh yeah, that's what they always wear. That's, that's that person's style, you know? But it seems like with cosplay, especially with, with you know, either it, it could be historic, it could be comic, it could be something else, but there's something about the spirit of play 
you know, and I feel like adults, we don't get enough opportunities to play, to experiment, to pretend, to have joy in sinking ourselves into something we really enjoy and appreciate. Can you talk a bit about, um, Kia, about like the sense of play and wonder that sometimes you might get from your cosplay or from Faye in particular? You, you hit the nail on the head where like adults are, are not allowed to play. I'm 28 going on 29 in July. And like, and that's the reason why cosplay for me is such a big part of me because personally, I feel like, or not, I feel like, but there's this expectation that when you get older, like you kind of drop all those things and you just become a rigid adult. And I, for as long as I live, for as long as God continues to have me here, I never want that to ever be me. I feel like we should be instilled with wonder at every point in our life because everything around us can be wondrous if we make it so. And I get to make it so with the help of like my sewing machines and with cosplay and with Black Fae Day. I mean, Black fairies, you wasn't finding no fictional, even fictional where things are not real. You were not finding fictional books with us in it, with us frolicking in parks and stuff. And this like Black Fae Day gives me a sense of like wonder because I, I have no limits. It's, it's whatever I want it to be. And I wish, I really want more adults to like tap into that because I, I feel like we designate stuff like this for, oh, this is children's play. Like only children do this. But I think that if you want to inspire children to enjoy things and enjoy wonder and have a sense of like anything is possible and, and that there are no limits, I think that as an adult, you got to lead by example. And so personally, when I post like my cosplays and stuff, I do hope that younger people find it because I want them to know, like, listen, just because you get older doesn't mean that you have to stop. I'm a whole 28 years old and I'm still doing this. So I think adults, the adults, we always say adults need to lead by example. Well, I need you to dress up so you can lead by example and show these kids that they can be and do whatever it is that they want. Yes. Because it's not enough. It, personally, I don't have any kids, but it wouldn't be enough for me to tell my daughter, like, you can wear that poofy dress or tell my son, like, you can wear that corset. Like, we're going to do it too. Mommy and daddy going to show you how to do it, okay? Because it starts with us. So I want stuff like this to be normalized for all of the kids who come, like, after me. Yes. So I, I think that's where the, the joy in it's for me. That's that's the sense of wonder is that, like, we adults are out here doing it. So that only means for, like, the people that come after us, like, well into their 60s, I hope they're still dressed enough because that's what I'm planning to do. Yes. <laughs> that's what I'm planning to do. And Jasmine, that works right well for what I was going to ask next about Black Fae Day because what it seems like you're trying to do is to establish an event that will have longevity, that can build a legacy, that is something that can be sustained beyond a season or a matter of years. And so I think that you've worked incredibly hard to build this in the face of some like, not resistance, but I don't know, hateration, copycatterage, like, you know, I remember seeing a comment on one post, like, I don't know why you want to trademark this. I don't know why it's just a day. And it's like, why don't you go build something and not trademark it then? If that's, if that's what you would like to do, like, why are you going to just, you know, to try to minimize all the work that you have done and put in it. Can you talk a bit about why you think, why you think it important to basically to put marks around, not marks like, like gatekeeping marks, 
but something to preserve the integrity of the work you're doing. Yeah, and you said it there. It was to preserve the integrity of what I envision for this day. I know that I, I get thousands of suggestions all the time about how I should do this, how I should do that. And I knew what I wanted when I made the post initially. I wanted there to be, you know, freedom to be yourself, be your most authentic self, to express yourself in a way that you may not have imagined as an adult, <laughs> you know, because, you know, I was looking at images of Brandy and that whole production when she was Cinderella. And there hasn't been another Black Cinderella since, like, you know, I haven't seen her on screen and it might, you know, we might have gotten some stage plays and things like that that were really important to open the door for this to happen on a bigger scale regularly. But I did uh, get the trade. Actually, my boyfriend is the one that trademarked it and gave it as a gift. But oh, he, why you know, like? really, okay, that is so sweet. <laughs> So yeah, that I didn't do that. Um, he actually did. And he's like, this is your dream. Like you've always wanted this for people. And I, I think that you should take off with it. Yeah. And so I did. And I feel like I have established a culture amongst the people that follow and share that we're kind, that we're accepting that we are yes black centric and okay with that like because some people feel like well we want to participate too and i i love that i love building community and making bridges to others as well but i also like to say well this space this one day is ours and we're going to celebrate and i appreciate it if you would join us in you know centering other creatives that you find or you know learning about our culture a little bit more because this is how you can participate by yeah by and i don't want people to feel scared you know if they're not part of the black community to ask questions to be curious about our wonder too you know so um, that's kind of what I wanted to establish. I didn't yeah. want this anti-feeling because we have enough of that going around there and I needed peaceful. one space that was peaceful, you know, yes. peaceful, educational, kind, free, you know, all those things. Hey friends, hey, what are you doing on Thursday around 3 p.m. or so? You got 30 minutes to hang out with Black Women Stitch? You got 60? If so, come through for 30-Minute Thursdays. Thursdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can chill with Black Women Stitch on Instagram Live or talk with us through the two-way audio on Clubhouse at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Thursdays for 30 minutes. Come hang out, chill, and have fun with us. See you Thursday. really appreciate that and I appreciate black space and I yeah. black women stitch is exactly what it is some a white lady like contacted me I think she was a troll obviously um she's like can white women join your group I believe in diversity then make your group sis yeah go do that I, I didn't even reply I think I just put it on Instagram and was like look at this foolishness yeah, and they try to throw the diversity word at us as, and weaponize it yeah. to get their way. And it's like, no, I'm not doing that <laughs> with y'all. Like, I'm not playing that I game specifically made this space for people like me. 
and yes. I want you to respect that. So and that's okay. Um, that is, yeah. I, I believe that there's a lot of great benefit in having affinity groups where people can feel safe among one another. I think that there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that in everything right about it. What it's reminding me of is of your Facebook group, because I've been a part of that for a while. And it is epic. Every single time I go to look, something exciting is happening. Like somebody has some like incredible photographs of like black male elf with like really gorgeous upper body and some tech. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I was like, that's a, is that a fairy? He's a fairy? Is that fake? What? Okay, okay, get it. Okay, friend, tear it up now. It's just amazing. Kia, do you participate in the Facebook group as well? I do participate in the Facebook group because my realm when it comes to Black Fay Day is making. I'm always in the Facebook group sharing things like tutorials and stuff that I make. Like I, I think the most recent thing that I shared was probably a corset sewing tutorial that I uploaded to YouTube and then shared in the group just because like my biggest thing is like creating. So I want to show people how like they can make their own costumes and stuff for Fay Day. So I, I'm definitely like one for like the costumes and accessories and stuff like that. That That's my big thing. That's and my big contribution. That's a very big contribution because, you know, not everyone knows how to make a corset. And sometimes you need that step-by-step visual instruction, especially when you feel like you're getting <laughs> 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 her hand. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yes, because sometimes you just, you, you know, that, and I tell people all the time, it is okay not to know something. It is okay not to know something because if you don't know it, how will you ever learn? You know? Right. So it's really great that you don't know something. And so <laughs> it's, and now you get to, and now you do. And so as, as you are moderating the Facebook group, Jasmine, are there certain things you see regularly? Are there certain kind of messages or questions that people have from within the community about, is, are they concerned with where can I find materials? Are they concerned with, oh, is there a tutorial on how to make this? Are folks trying to model themselves after a certain style of fae? Does it, are, is there any like pop culture or music involved that's very inspirational? Or are people just doing it just purely out of their own imaginations? Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of curiosity, especially now that the group is getting bigger, where people aren't so familiar with fantasy culture. And so one of the big questions is asked is, what is Faye? Like, what is that? So in our group, uh, the definition that we use is mythical creature. So it doesn't have to just be fairies. It could be dragons. It could be... Centaurs. It could be anything. <laughs> like if you can imagine it and it's mythical to you, you know, you can definitely be that. So that's allowed people to kind of get into their creativity bag and really open up and share some of the wild ideas that they might have been shy about. Um, so it's really cool to see someone come in one month and say, I've never done any costuming, but I love what you guys are doing. And then the next month they're, they've covered head to toe in like costuming stuff or, or they've got them and their kids doing like a backyard picnic photo shoot. And it's like the bees. I love every part. <laughs> Yes, I, I know I should be like, hey, I saw y'all. This is before and this is after. <laughs> it's beautiful. And everyone in the group is so encouraging and helpful. I will say another 
big question is where are the black ears? Where are the brown ears? <laughs> Finding brown ears, uh, fairy ears or elf ears has been the biggest challenge ever. So uh, there's lots of tutorials and links to different people who share uh, or create those things for us. But those are probably the two biggest questions that come up. Um, so it's interesting uh, to see how the community, you know, joins in and helps each other out. And yes, Kia's tutorials are the best. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and, and I know you agree, Jasmine, when Kia said these are the best before and afters, how, what role do you think the group plays in helping people get from before to some spectacular after? Is it because they follow tutorials? Is it because they're getting ideas from seeing all the other images? Is it because they're finally in a place where they can kind of just let loose? What brings about this kind of transformation? I think that it's because we really have everything everywhere all at once for our for black the black fade community. I mean, it's very rare that someone actually I, I actually say it never happens. It doesn't happen when someone posts say, "Hey, I need this," and there isn't instantly like people on it that is either giving a tutorial or they're giving a vendor. Because in addition to us having a community of group members that like share things. We also have makers that like sell things. So we're able to keep our black fairy dollars within our black fairy community yes. because we have people that make ears. We have people that make crowns. We have people that make costumes, accessories, makeup, all those things. So we're able to not just share like tips with each other, but we're able to pay each other. Like we have like our own, like it's a market like almost it's a community and it's a market it's a self-sustaining market because we're able to pay each other or barter for different things with each other to get the you know ultimately get the look that we want so if if you're a black fae or you want to be a black fae if you need it like the group has got it because like, even if someone doesn't have it we will find you someone that will and that's like the best thing there's no like everyone is open to sharing where they got things. There's no, like, if you ask someone, where'd you get those wings? Like someone's quickly, oh, I got them on Amazon. I got them on eBay. I bought it from this seller right here. Like we are very open to sharing these things with each other. So the, literally the before and after it comes, we fix each other's crown. And this group is how I'll describe it. There, no fairy left behind. Everybody gets their wings. We make sure. <laughs> I love that so much because it feels so loving and it feels like you are putting the community before self and everybody is like doing that because I have been, for example, in some sewing groups or quilting groups or craft groups and someone says, oh, that's really cool. Where did you get that? And then the response is, no, I can't tell you because I worked really hard to source my materials and I'm not going to tell right. you where I got this and I'm not going to tell you where I got that because they don't want, they don't, they believe in the scarcity and that they want to hoard it all for themselves. So you all don't hoard resources. You know, the no. opposite, you, you all are like giving them out. Here's another one. Yeah, because even if someone had the exact same wings, right, they're not going to look exactly the same they it's look they look different they they look i mean last year when i hosted my little fairy picnic one of my friends who arrived didn't even have wings i took the wings off my back and was like here for your photos and we just both had photos sharing the same pair of wings now that's some real friendship when someone's gonna give you the wings <laughs> off their back oh. <laughs> 
I feel like I'm going to tear up. I wasn't even at the fairy picnic, but now I'm like, I could only come even though I don't have wings. I bet Kia would let me borrow some wings. But I, I love that. So let's pivot to talk about Black Fay Day. So this Black Fay Day is, is it a bit different than before? Do you imagine that this Fay Day is like part of a larger trajectory or a larger pattern? Are there things that are new about this year's event or different about this year's event than previous? It's definitely going to be very different, I feel. But I hope it maintains the, it was just last year, I, I don't even have words to how beautiful and touching and magical that experience was. I hope that that feeling happens again, because not only was it, you know, fun to dress up and see everyone, but I mean, it was intergenerational. You had grandparents, great grandparents, aunties, uncles, cousins, brothers, sisters, all posting, you know, uh, on that day and showing their families as a magical unit. And I hope that we see a, a lot more of that. Some ways that it's different is that, yeah, I have more people that can spread the news, not just me and my boyfriend, Carlos. <laughs> it's a miracle that that tweet even gained any traction at all. So I always tell people, if you have an idea, really just put it out there and work towards it because... I'm pretty sure there are other people that agree and want to do this with you. You never know. But this year we are having a physical event now that COVID, you know, challenges are being reduced. And so now we get to congregate not only online, but in person. And I think that's really important for community building as well, because I can't wait to see like Kia and others in person and talk about what ate my sewing what my sewing machine ate you know this week or because <laughs> I, I tore all the time I'm the sewing machine wouldn't cooperate yeah I told Kia I was messaging her one day I was like look I have a sewing machine I'm just scared of it and <laughs> so but uh yeah it would be nice to you know be in person more in-person events and I think that will help others that participated last year because it was really like I said it was a miracle that it happened because we were during lockdown during that time mm -hmm. and so we had these little tiny pocket events that were going around you know people at the park a lot of the outdoors thank goodness because yes. hello it's fairies like we're, <laughs> we need the outdoors <laughs> but it was actually a great vehicle to make beautiful pictures and create and to frolic and I really I love a good frolic. I love yes. a good frolic. <laughs> it's great. Yes, twerking in the park is the best thing that can oh happen. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. And so this year's event is in Atlanta. Yeah, it's yes. in actually Riverdale, Georgia, which is like Riverdale. 20 minutes outside of Atlanta. This will be my first time in Georgia, so I'm excited. <laughs> But uh, it's going to be there at a venue called Chale Gardens, which is Black-owned. So our, they're just as excited about Black Bay Day as us when I explained what was going on. Because at first I'm like, okay, I, I need an indoor and outdoor venue. Right. Can you help me out? Because I need to fill a pool with mermaids. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah. And then I need space because I'm going to have some nights fight. And I, I want them to have enough room 
And they're looking at me like, are you pranking me right now? Or? No. No, but once I explained what Black Fade Day was, they became big fans. And so I'm so glad that they're hosting and allowing us to, you know, be magical in their space. That's fantastic. And then I've been told that there are vendors. So you have vendors like from the community. Kia, are you vending? Or are you just, what are, what are you doing? Are you just like, I'm just like, I'm not working. I just want to have fun. I am not a vendor. I'm not a seller when it comes to like sewing and, and costumes. Like I'm not a I'm not a seller in, in any means. I provide free tutorials. That's great. Uh, to the to the community because like that's what like, last year's Fade Day thing for me was is that the costume that I made for Black Fade Day was actually in partnership with Fabric Wholesale Direct, so that you could oh. go to their blog and you could learn how I made my Fade Day costume and what fabrics you can use and. And so I, I'm really the, I provide like sewing tutorials and stuff to show people how they can be their most beautiful selves. I don't make money off of this. I just want to give to the community and just leave behind resources that I didn't have when I first started sewing. So, Wow. that It's so generous and it's so important, I think, to, to share so widely. And what I'm excited about, in addition to Knights Fighting, is that by having the, the marketplace right there at Black Fay Day, it kind of builds in resources for people to extend their imagination for future events, you know? So I, I just think that's just so wonderful. That's just so wonderful. Kia, is there something that you are looking forward to um, for, for this Black Fay Day for 2022? So 2022, the weekend, of, like the weekend before the official Black Fay Day, I intend to kind of go back to Central Park and have a picnic with like my close like New York friends because that's actually what we did last year and we had a TikTok go viral like everywhere because we were like twerking in the park as like fairies and stuff. Love it. <laughs> Which I never expected the video to go as far as it did. And that also drew in a lot of people that were like, hold up, there were like black fairies in like Central Park. So we're actually gonna go right back to the same spot in Central Park um this year and just like frolic and be around and just surprise the people because I mean I feel like in New York City, a place like New York City, everyone feels like they've seen everything all the time, but I, folks were really not ready to see us like in the park that day. And people were so excited to see us. And then like we got to see kids and then like one lady was like walking her chicken and she had us take a picture with her chicken. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite yeah, seeing everything. A lady with a pet, ch a, a New Yorker with a pet chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have pet pigs, pet chickens um in New York City so yeah <laughs> we have chickens and stuff like that everywhere in New York City and and um yeah we're gonna go right back to the same park so I can you know take everybody's photos because it was just literally last year it was me five friends and me with my little camera and I'm not a photographer but I was like I'm gonna make us look good today I just took pictures on my little camera and that also kind of helped like put Black Fade on the map at least in New York City because this video went from TikTok to Twitter to Facebook to Snapchat. It, this video went everywhere. And people were like, well, we had celebrities even. Like, how come I didn't get an invite? And I'm just like, girl, it was just me and my friends. Like, I never meant for it to be. So we're actually going to try to reach out to some of those celebrities again and just be like, okay, you want your invite this time? Because exactly. not, you, you, got some wings? you got some wings? <laughs> I have got some wings for you. <laughs> I love it. Jasmine, how about you? What are you most, I don't know if you can identify one thing that you're most excited about for Black Fay Day 2022. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> I might have to give her more than one thing. What do you think, Kia? I might have to give her more than I one. I think, yeah, we gotta do at least three. Three okay, times. Okay, three things. Three, three, three things that you're excited about for Black Fay Day 2022. I've never met in person a Black mermaid. And so I'm really excited to, well, I'm not a good swimmer. So I'm a, I'm excited to doggy paddle next to some beautiful mermaids. <laughs> So uh, I'm really excited about that. I'm also excited, you know, again, I'm very introverted. So this is the most contact I've ever had with like so many people in my life. It's a lot. So to be in one place with a bunch of people that I invited is like a big deal for me. (laughs) So I'm excited that people are interested and going to show up. So when I see everyone, I might be a little overwhelmed, but it's a happy, like overwhelmed process and uh, I think the third thing is to buy stuff from members of the community the marketplace kind of vending idea was so special because I was looking and was like we have everything we need in this group and so you know the decorations is sourced from the group the photographer is sourced from the group the vendors different entertainers are sourced from the group all of this production is a hundred percent from members of our community if you support it you really are supporting people who believe in black fantasy people who live black fantasy every day and people whose small businesses are trying to take off like mine. So uh, I'm really excited about that. Oh, this is so exciting. I am so excited for Black Fay Day. And as we wrap up, I want to ask you all, the slogan of the Stitch Please podcast is that we will help you get your stitch together. And so I'm going to ask each one of you, and I think I'll start with Kia because Jasmine just spoke. If I asked you what advice, oh, I am going to ask you, what advice would you give someone to help them get their stitch together? I would say just start. And when I say that, I mean, literally get a little needle get some thread and get a bed sheet. Okay. Cause that's what I started. I started with a bed sheet. <laughs> Just start. Don't, there is no perfect timing. The perfect time is like right now. It was actually two seconds ago. So you need to start like right now. <laughs> love it. I love it. That's beautiful encouragement. Thank you for that. Jasmine, how about you? What would you say to someone um, to help them get their stitch together? I was thinking the same thing as Kia, so I have to rethink a new one. (laughs) But another one is really believe in yourself and champion your own ideas, like be your best advocate for yourself. So get started, yes, but also say, I'm doing this, I'm good at this, you know, give yourself some positive affirmations because your voice matters, your ideas matter. And it's okay. Like, it's really okay. And there are going to be people out there that appreciate that you did that for yourself. I love it. That is wonderful advice. And on that note, I will ask you both, Kia, where can we find you on the socials? Where can folks follow you and learn more about what you're doing? So you can follow me on Instagram at Kia Sangria NY. And you can also visit me at the same name on YouTube where I post cosplay sewing tutorials. Excellent. And how about you, Jasmine? And where can folks find you and find out all the deets about Black Fay Day this year? Yes, we mostly post on IG. So follow Black Fay Day official on Instagram. Facebook is a big one. And you can join our, our Facebook group communities, which is a lot of fun and very helpful. We have a Twitter. We have a YouTube. We have a Twitch that we're launching as well. So um, you can find us all there as well. 
Thank you both so much for being with me today. This has been such a delightful conversation. I know you have opened up so many imaginative possibilities for people. And so including myself, I speak for myself, but I'm sure I am not alone in thinking that. So thank you so much, you, got, you all, for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you supporting us by listening to the podcast. If you'd like to reach out with, to us with questions, you can contact us at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And you can find Black Women Stitch there in the Patreon directory. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help support the project with things like editing, transcripts, and other things to strengthen the podcast. And finally, if financial support is not something you can do right now, you can really, really help the podcast by rating it and reviewing it anywhere you listen to podcasts that allows you to review them. So I know that not all podcasts directories or services allow for reviews but for those who do for those that have like a star rating or just ask for a few comments if you could share those comments and say nice things about us at the stitch please podcast that is incredibly helpful thank you so much come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together